Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh, got it, got it, got it! 33! Center field, Marsh leaps, and he got it! It normally high fly ball deep left field oh 27 does it again for this year wall sends it well out to left center field and it's gone he went to jared way this is brandon marsh for los angeles angels baseball you listen to all angels podcasts And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Yes, breaking news indeed. Special podcast out right now. If you haven't heard the news, Joe Madden has been officially, and this is the Angels' words, relieved of his managerial duties as of today, June 7th. Um, If you listened to the last podcast, there was a lot of stuff I said about Joe and what I felt he could do better, What how he's let down this team, honestly, since the the losing streak has started now sitting at 11 games so or 12 games now I don't know after a while you just kind of lose count but it happened today a lot earlier than I thought I honestly thought if they were able to win the next couple games this might have happened at the end of the year but Perry Menagian has with the okay of Artie Moreno has let Joe Madden go and that's one of the first things I want to talk about a lot of people are saying this is a move from Artie. And if you listen to the Bally Sports West press conference earlier today, you heard uh, Perry say that it was his idea and Artie just kind of agreed and backed him on that. If you remember, Perry did not hire Joe Madden. Joe Madden is left over from the previous regime of GM. Um, and so he never really got to hire his guy. He never got to hire who he felt um, had the same picture as Perry. And I understand Perry because of Joe's name and his history with not only with the angels, but his history with the Cubs and the, and the Rays. why you let him continue to manage. Because I think at that point you definitely, he definitely earns that much, but with the team struggling the way they are, I did think something needed to happen. Some kind of a spark, some kind of a kick in the pants moment, if you will. So that happened Monday afternoon, I think around, uh, three o'clock, two thirty, maybe, and I got straight home after work. Listened to a little bit of the snippets of the press conference, and I am sitting recording this podcast right now, still fully in my work clothes because this is something that doesn't happen very often. You see a manager fired in the middle of a season. Obviously, you see it with Philadelphia with Joe Girardi uh, last week, last Friday, and now you have Joe Madden out 
as Angels manager. Phil Nevin will be filling in as an interim manager for the rest of the season. That was confirmed by Perry Menagian at the press conference. So what's next or, or better yet, what before we go to what's next, what went wrong? And, and, and my opinion is, and I've talked about this before a number of times on the podcast and where I see inefficiencies in Joe's managerial style. Again, and I mentioned this last time, and I think it's kind of a broken record because I believe I said it a, a handful of times on a handful of different uh, podcasts. Joe was great when Joe was early in his managerial career with the Tampa Bay Rays. He was very innovative with the Rays, whether it's platooning guys against certain matchups, whether it's the shift, all that stuff was very cutting edge at that time. But now you look around at Major League Baseball, that's just kind of the norm. That is, It's more odd when you don't see a team shift. It's more odd when you don't see a team platoon lefty versus righty. So those advantages are out, out the window. And now it's up to Joe to kind of evolve himself to the next step. And I just feel like he never did that. And you saw that in Chicago. Chicago had a very young, promising team the year they won the World Series. And why do they never repeat or even get close to really repeating as World Series champs. Because if you remember, the media and a lot of fans were kind of uh, saying that this was the next dynasty. The Chicago Cubs are so young and a lot of their key players are so young and under contract for X amount of years that they should be able to contend for World Series for the next handful of years. And that never happened. And part of it, I think, and I've talked to people in Chicago, is that the players kind of got fat and happy with that World Series win and never really strived, never really had a game with like a chip on their shoulder and feeling they had to prove something. And Joe kind of let that slide to a point where it got to they where they needed to make a move. Joe is a very, very good manager when he has strong leadership in that clubhouse. And this is another issue with the Angels for the last handful of years is who is that leader in the clubhouse? You know, you hear stories about you know, Albert being the leader when he was here. Well, he's gone. And, you know, for the most part, he probably was a really good leader because he had the the contract to back it up. He Maybe not to play, but he had his pass. And players look at that and see that he is a Hall of Fame type of player and they respect him for it. And, and you could say the same thing about Trout because he does have that same kind of a past with MVPs and awards and just his play on the field. But Trout to me, and I'm sure a lot of people, doesn't really come across as a guy that's going to get in someone's face to talk about why didn't you show up for BP or why don't you take extra BP or why aren't you working out this way? Why aren't you working out that way? It could be it could be going on in the, in the locker room, but for right now, it does not seem like Trout's that. He has kind of his own stuff to be worried about. And so who is the leader of the team? And at the beginning of the year, it sounded like Noah Syndergaard was taking the pitchers underneath their wing, which was great, but at the same time, he's kind of a, a uh, a mercenary, if you will. He's a one-year contract. He's just trying to reestablish his value and go back on the market. I don't know how much of a leadership role, quote-unquote role, he can really have with a team other than just maybe sharing some tips here and there with players. Madden just didn't seem to want to evolve with the game. And you see it with some of the quotes that are coming out about analytics and the disconnect between the front office, Perry and Joe. And Joe did say that he does plan to manage again, so I don't expect him to throw the front office underneath the bus, even if he truly feels it, because it looks bad for the next employer or his possible next employer if he still wants to manage next year. So 
the quotes coming out between Perry and and Joe being very, while I, I believe them being very hospitable towards each other and very, you know, no harm, no foul, or just, you know, we're good buddies kind of deal. I, well, I believe it to a point, but I also don't think if there was any kind of tension or any kind of quote unquote disconnect between the two, I don't think either one of them would come out and say it in public just because it's not a good look. And for Joe, it's not a good look for him if he wants to get hired again. And Perry, it's not a good look if he's trying to hire a top end manager at the end of this year. So for what they say in the press, I kind of take it as a grain of salt. But something that Perry did say at at the press conference is that this team is very good and they are um, fortunate as far as this is this quote for as bad as we played we're only a game and a half out of the playoff spot and he's right they're only a game and a half out of the last wild card spot and after uh, Tuesday's game they can be only a half game out playing the, the Boston Red Sox if you didn't do it now when would you do it you're still in the hunt even though losing all the games they have so far in a row. There's 106 games left as I record this uh, podcast. You can still make some kind of a comeback. You can still make it to the playoffs with this extra uh, playoff spot. All the records and all the history of baseball saying no team has ever made the playoffs while losing 11 11 or more games in a season. Honestly, it's kind of out the window, in my opinion, because of the fact that for the past whatever, 100 and whatever years of baseball, there hasn't been three wildcard teams. So there's more opportunity now to get in the playoffs than ever before in the history of baseball. So a lot of those numbers when they're saying this team lost X amount and didn't make the playoffs are from you know the 1990s, early 2000s, when there wasn't even a single wildcard opportunity in baseball. So now that there's three, you still have that third one to kind of reach for. And if you're not going to make the movement now, then when exactly are you going to? You can't wait any longer. If this streak, let's just say, for example, let's play it out. The Angels win tonight on Tuesday night. Great. Was that going to save Madden's job? I don't know, because if you win one today, but then lose the next three and then win one there, you're still winning two out of five. That's still not going to get you where you need to get. So you got to hope that this uh, has a spark, kicks the team in gear a little bit and say, wow, they're really making moves now. Now they're really uh, holding people accountable. In which I'm not necessarily sure how much Joe did that with the players, just hold them accountable. And he said in a press conference, and it, and it still kind of, I don't know, maybe irks me the wrong way, and I could be totally just overreacting to it, but I think around game nine of the losing streak, maybe game eight, game nine, I forgot who it was in the press, and I don't know the, I don't know the quote exactly, but they asked – Joe, what was he? What's he doing? What is he doing to change things, or what's he doing to? I don't know if it's to vamp up the attitude or just, you know, what are you doing to try to get out of this? And Joe flat out came out and said, "Well, what do you want me to do?" And to me, it was like, dude, you're the manager, you're the boss, you're the, you know, you're the the captain of the ship, you know, like do something. Even even at that point, to me, it was kind of felt like. Joe's is going to sit back and let things play out the way they are. And to me, it's like, you kind of have to be a little bit more proactive than that. You know, even, (laughs) and people blame Joe for doing this a lot, but lie to us, (laughs) say something, say, you know, we're going to, you know, take extra BP or something. And he did. And he just kind of was like, what do you want me to do? Like he is the uh, clubhouse 
uh, clubby or something like that that gets the guys their water. Like, what do you want me to do about it? It's like, you're the manager. Do something. And even to coming out with his excuse about this last road trip, which, yes, it was a, I don't want to say a long road trip. It was an East Coast road trip. So, yes, there was a little bit of distance mileage-wise. But you were off Monday and played the Sunday. So, it's a regular six-day road trip. And then you flew back. Obviously, uh, Sunday night played Monday, but it's not a lo- as long as a road trip as you've had in the past. It's not a it's not that twenty game streak of twenty games in twenty days. That that's a long road slash home you know streak. That twenty games, not six. So for him to be like, oh, we're tired because we played four games in New York after a day off, to me didn't make a lot of sense. You know. I think he's letting the guys, again, he's letting the guys determine whether or not they want to take BP. At a certain point, I feel like you need to kind of put your foot down and say, hey, guys, we're taking BP. This is what you probably need to get out of it and 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 try to work and do something to get this team better, not just sit back and hopefully they do the right thing. And I, and I talked about this last time on the podcast. I have a job. I have a boss. You might be the boss of your job. At a certain point, we're all adults in this situation, and we're we all know what our job is curtails and what we need to get done but if my boss comes to me and says hey you're not performing this way and i would like to see this change then yeah it's up to me to make that change or else i'm out my boss isn't just going to sit there and say ah i'm not going to say anything he'll figure it out because then nothing ever changes and i feel like that's what's going on with madden yes we are all adults and yes we all have a certain responsibility to a team or a company or whatever like that but it does take sometimes like a boss to kind of nudge you in the right direction. I just didn't feel like Joe was doing that at all to a point where, like I said before, Rossell Iglesias hadn't pitched in nine days because he didn't want to pitch because Rossell didn't want to pitch. And he let him do that. At a certain point, there is a rust thing to it. You know, if he doesn't want to pitch after four days, okay, it's five days. Okay. But at a certain point, you need to go up to him and say, Hey, you know, I would feel better as a manager to know that you're sharp and ready. So here, let's just pitch an inning today. Don't worry about the outcome. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. But just get out there and pitch an inning. That's the kind of stuff that I think managers really need or Joe really lacked doing is I don't know if he just didn't like conflict, didn't understand conflict or what, because it just seemed like he always tried to avoid it as much as possible. And there was a very interesting, I wish I could find the video because I would post it on our social media. There was a very interesting conversation that you saw on the dugout after or during Monday's game after Trout missed the cutoff or the cutoff wasn't in the right right place that led to the run against Boston. But between innings when the Angels were at at the plate, they showed Joe and um, Trout talking. And just by the body language of Trout, who never shows any kind of body language, good or bad, it just seemed like his body language was showing that he was like, okay, fine. Like, okay, you said, okay. But like, more like, I'm saying okay to move this conversation on that we're not going to agree. We're not going to see the same. We're just, I'm going to say okay so we can move on. And then he walks away. So I it just did feel like after a while that he did lose a little bit of his clubhouse because he's not adapting. He's not changing. Baseball is about adjustments. You see it with the players right now. These are, for the most part, the same players that started this season and started hot. Yes, Taylor Ward is really missed right now offensively. He was a huge spark that was unexpected this year and deserved all the playing time in the world until he got hurt. Now he's on the IL. He's not coming back anytime soon, at least not for a week. But for the most part, it's still the same team. This this MLB has adjusted to these guys, and it just seems like 
and it could be the players. I'm not saying that they have nothing to do with it, but you know, it just seems like the players and the managers, coaching styles aren't adjusting to what MLB's adjusting to the Angels. It seems like the book's out on the Angels completely. How to pitch Trout, how to pitch Otani, um, what Syndergaard likes to do, what, you know, um, uh, Seth likes to do, what Lorenzen likes to do, what Sandoval likes. It seems like the book's out on these guys, and now it's up to the Angels guys to 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 make their adjustments now. It's like a game of chess. You make a move, someone makes a move, now you got to make one back. And the manager is there to, I think, to help them with that. And if you're just going to sit back and say, oh, they'll figure it out, I, don't, I just don't feel like you're doing your job. And same thing with the pitching coaches and the hitting coaches. They can only do so much in a very small time they have the players. You can offer suggestions. You can offer, hey, I think you're doing this, or hey, I think you're doing that. But when you play a sport that is pretty much every single day, you don't have practice. You know, you look at the NFL, they play once a week. They practice specifically for certain things Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's all they have to worry about is practice and making uh, and fine-tuning their skills. With baseball, you have, what, 45 minutes before a game for BP to really try to figure out your swing or figure out where you're slumping or any of that. And I just feel baseball more so than anything is you have to kind of be a, I don't know, psychologist a little bit if you're going to be a manager. And as far as talk to the guys, and I just feel like Madden wasn't doing that in this last part of the season. And we'll see how this team reacts. It can go one of two ways. It can spark the team and it can um, put a little run together. Or, or at least what I'm looking forward to the C is, again, this next stretch of games is going to be really difficult. Not only do they have the Boston Red Sox the rest of this week, but now they have the Mets coming in to Anaheim this weekend. And then they have the Dodgers at the beginning of next week. So I am really, really interested to see how this team competes the rest of this week. I'm not saying that they're going to go sweep the rest of the, of the White Sox or sweep the New York Mets, but you do hope to see a little bit more fight. And it's just so weird how when the season started and they were winning and everyone was having fun and everyone was, uh, fans included, were really excited for what this team can do. And I've said it before and I've heard other people say it to me is that you can really see the fun that these guys are having come through the television. And you can see the excitement they're, they're having in the dugout come through the television. And on the flip side, you can see how much they're not right now. And I don't know whose responsibility is it to kind of pep them up or get them going. And maybe with Joe Adele and and Brandon Marsh back in the same dugout together, maybe there's something there. But, you know, this is still the same team and they need to do something to kind of get that fun back. And it didn't seem like Joe was doing much of that. So we'll see how this goes. Obviously, Joe was very questioned in his bullpen decisions and his starting pitching decisions so I'm really interested to see how first-timer Phil Nevin does with that never being a manager that I'm aware of um, and how he makes those decisions and what he learned from Joe or didn't learn from Joe or how much of his own philosophy remember Nevin was with Aaron Boone last year and I believe the last couple years within New York so Obviously, the Yankees have been successful for a number of years, and how much of that is Aaron Boone and how much is it just the Yankees? I don't know, but if there's anything he's learned from Aaron Boone, that'd be great for him to kind of bring over here and kind of mesh what he's learned there between here and see what he really does because I'm really interested to see how he manages this bullpen, manages his personalities, 
And like I said, he's a first timer, so I'm sure there will be some head scratching moments at some point during the year where you ask yourself, why is he doing that? Or why isn't he moving this guy over here or pitching that? That is, I think, completely, completely going to happen at some point in the future. And honestly, it's, I think it's supposed to happen. You know, first time at any point in a job, anytime you get a certain job for the first time, there's always going to be those questionable moves you make. So Phil Nevin is now going to be the interim manager who could very easily, you know, be auditioning for, if not a job for the Angels, could be very, very much auditioning for a job for another team. I'm sure once this season's over, there's going to be more openings around Major League Baseball. And if this is something that he wants to do, he's going to be doing everything he can to, um, you know, to patent his resume for the next team, even if it's not the Angels. And something about Joe that I w- I'm really interested in learning out, and I don't know if we will know for sure, at least not for some time, is how did he take suggestions from his bench coach, from his pitching coach, from his hitting coach? Because at the end of the day, the manager does make the final decisions, whether it's hidden runs or filling out the lineup card. And that's what Perry said. He said, hey, I don't get involved with the lineup card or who's pitching and this and that, which in my eyes was saying, hey, I gave suggestions and I gave Madden enough rope to kind of hang himself because Perry honestly said, hey, he made the decisions and he has to, not he didn't say it directly, but that's the vibe I got was like, hey, he made decisions as far as pitching wise and lineup wise. And those are his uh, successes and his failures. And right now it's at a point where you can't afford to fail anymore. Um, only being a game and a half out of the wild card, but there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen the next couple of days. I feel a lot more news, a lot more party interviews that are going to come out as far as who didn't click with who. And I honestly, at the end of the year, I think this is what all play out in, but kind of going back to what I was saying and again, this was very unplanned, very, uh, conscious just talking right now because when i found out the news i knew i had to do something so i didn't have a full full afternoon to kind of plan out how this was going to go just literally trying to balance work and trying to figure out what's going on with this but you know i've heard i've heard from kind of secondhand people around baseball or not baseball but around the angels that madden is very set on what he wants so i'm interested to see if Phil Nevin is more open to suggestions from the pitching and pitching coach and hitting coaches as far as matchups or as far as, Hey, I think, you know, this guy can go a little further. Let him, let him stay out there. Or if he's going to be like Joe and say, Nope, I think he's done and go out there and make a change. And I think that's the hardest part about trying to figure out what kind of an impact does a pitching coach and a hitting coach have on a major league team. I think at the young at the younger levels, it's double A, single A, they have a lot more impact because you're coaching, you're molding, you're you know uh, fine tuning certain skills. Because in the majors, honestly, you're you're supposed to be kind of a finished product, and you can tweak stuff here and there. But you normally don't go through wholesale swing changes during the season. Maybe during the off season. Maybe if um, you know, you're sent down the AAA, you can make kind of those things. But for the most part, if you're in, if you're in the majors, you don't make a huge changes. It's not the norm. But I'm really interested to see how Phil Nevin takes advice from his coaching staff because I'm not necessarily sure if Joe did that at all in certain situations. And maybe Phil, because he is a first-time manager, he is more open to suggestions, more open to what his coaches see. And honestly, he's probably Perry's guy. He, he got hired this last year, and I'm sure Perry had to okay the hiring. So he even said it in the interview. He's been following, you know, he's known Nevin for a while. So I'm sure there's there's more um, 
comfort there than maybe with Joe. Joe's a little obviously older, a little more stubborn, a little more set in his ways, and maybe that wasn't the perfect matchup for for Perry and what he saw going forward. But I definitely think Perry has done a great job. He has built a team that can compete. And just like anything, at a certain point, you know, people got to show up. And I think that has to do with the players, and I think that had to do with Madden. If you have a great car, a fast car, if you're in racing, and you can't win, well, is it the car's fault or is it, or is it the driver's fault? And I think, obviously, Madden's that driver. Maybe it wasn't just a fit. Maybe you need a new driver in there that can drive this car. This team can compete. This team is not a 103-game winning game, a team like it was in the beginning of the season, but I don't think it's as bad as losing 10-plus games in a row. I think there's something in the middle, and hopefully Phil can get it out of this team. And a lot of people think it's, it's very polarizing. I will say this kind of just skimming through social media and stuff like that it is very polarizing as far as good move, bad move. I think it's a good move. And I'm going to be honest, if people that I see have said that it's a bad move or I would consider more of the casual um, baseball fans, angel fans, where, yes, they go to games. Yes, they follow the team. But I don't know. I, I don't see them as following it day by day, inning by inning, decision by decision, like some of the myself who because of the podcast and some other podcasts that I listen to where it's not going to say it's our job because we, we don't get, we don't get paid, but we kind of take it upon ourselves to really pay attention to that kind of stuff. And it just seemed like the right move. And, you know, you take Joe off that 2002 World Series team and you take away that kind of nostalgia feel from it. I wonder how many people who say Joe was the scapegoat still feel that way. I think a lot of people who don't agree with this firing are it has a deep seated feeling because, well, he's part of the 02 World Series. And so he was bound to get it right. And I don't think that's how it works. 2002 was a long time ago, 20 years ago. Baseball has changed a lot a lot a lot since then and you either adapt to it or you get left behind and truthfully like i mentioned before i think joe got left behind and perry talked about it he's a great guy he's you know obviously i've never talked to joe one-on-one but i've talked to a handful of people who have talked to joe one-on-one and they all said the same thing he is a great guy he's a really easy guy to talk to or you know especially if it's non-baseball related he has this kind of tangents about other things music and all that stuff that he's really really good guy to talk to but i think perry did the right decision when he said he took the emotion out of it this decision and looked at it strictly from a baseball uh perspective and you know there's an old saying it's nothing personal it's just business and i think that's kind of defines what this was it's not personal it's just business and you know i'm again i'm sure joe's a great guy and i've heard nothing but he's a great guy but sometimes great guys don't can't run baseball teams at least not this baseball team so i don't know we'll see how this plays out but very very shocked that on june 7th joe madden was uh relieved of his duties by the angels phil nevin filling in as a interim coach for the rest of this year we'll see how this plays out again you got 106 games left as we record this before they take on the boston red sox for the tuesday game so is it the spark they need well i guess only time can tell can they make a run at at a playoff spot i still believe they can again game and a half game and a half out by the time you listen to this they could be a half game out or two and a half games out but Either way, they are still in striking distance, and with the three wild card spots open, it is very, very possible that they can get that third spot still. But they have to perform. They have to turn it around. They have to perform. And, you know, 
maybe Phil Nevin will get into some guys' face. Maybe Phil Nevin will get into some guys' um, stuff and say, hey, you know, this isn't working and, and you need to stop doing your your extra stuff right now and focus on this team or whatever. You know, it, it, there's a lot of stuff going on in that locker room that I think we won't know until later. Again, what, what <laughs> I asked this question to Rhett Bollinger a little while ago, is this team having fun because they all get along or is this team having fun because they're winning and winning is the best deodorant uh, a team can have. And now that that's gone, now you're starting to smell a little bit of what's going on underneath the scene. So we'll see what happens. Perry has made his final decision. And I like the fact that it came from Perry, not, not Artie. The Perry's is going to have his uh, fingerprints all over this team by the end of this year, players, coaches, manager, what's this team going to be in next year, or maybe in the, the second half of this year, is all going to come down to Perry. And guess what? He's trying to save his job too. So if he feels that there needs to be a manager change and get his guy in there, then he should do it because at the end of the day, he's trying to save his job too. So this is going. This, this team went from being very interesting because of all the winning to very interesting because of this managerial change in a matter of less than a month like three and a half weeks. So yeah, this is a special breaking news type of podcast. So we will be back after the Boston series. We'll see how the rest of this Boston series plays out. Uh, We still have the game Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, podcast recording Thursday night. So like always, you can always reach out to us on our social media feeds. That's Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram. On uh, Our DMs are always open. I've talked to more than a handful of people today just about this firing. But if you want to let you listen to this podcast and you kind of want to know, put your two cents out there, if you agree or disagree, it doesn't matter. I'm, I, I want to hear both. You can always leave a voicemail on our voicemail line, 951-384-0810. And that number will be in the description below. But I want to hear what you guys think. Um, did you like to move, not like to move? Why didn't you like to move? Why do you like to move? I personally like it. I think it needs need to be done. It's nothing again, again, nothing against Joe Madden. I'm sure he's a great guy, personable guy. But, you know, sometimes you have to make the tough decisions. And that is exactly what Perry said, is that he had to make a tough decision. And we'll see how this team plays out. Hopefully, this is what they needed to kind of get that extra boost because, This team needs something. I think everyone, regardless if you think this was a good move or bad move, knows that this team needs something to push them on the right side of it. So only time can tell. We'll see how this all plays out. But again, uh, leave us a voicemail, 951-384-0810, or DM us on our social media feed, Halo underscore Haven. So originally, I was planning to put out uh, an episode on Wednesday with David McKinnon, the first baseman of the Salt Lake Bees. I'm still going to do that. So if you're listening to this episode a little bit later, I'm going to wait. I'm going to put this one out Wednesday morning. I might even put it out Tuesday night. So after the game, who knows? You guys can listen to it. But I think that's what I'll do. I'll release it Tuesday night. So you might be listening to this Tuesday night after the game. Wednesday morning-ish, maybe early afternoon, I will put out that David McKinnon interview because he's now, if they're really going to start changing things up on the team and bringing guys up, taking guys down, David McKinnon can be a guy that you might see at some point in the major leagues, and he's been absolutely killing it for the Salt Lake Bees as the Pacific Coast League Player of the Month for the month of May. So definitely check out both. 
hopefully you are subscribing to the podcast. If not, please go push that subscribe button on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave a comment, a review, help us spread the spread this podcast to Angel fans. So this team has gotten a lot, lot of more interesting than maybe two days ago. And if they turn it around and start winning, this team will be even more so interesting. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels Podcast. I'm your host. Daniel Garcia. Have a good night. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.